welcome back to Him Partial, the church music podcast with real stories and practical insights to help you sing like you mean it every day. I'm One Funka. And I'm Cara Peregrino. And today we're starting a series of episodes entitled Hymns to Help You Pray. Our question of the day is, how can Christmas inspire us when we are finding it hard to pray? We've got a few hymns that are going to help you if you're struggling to pray. Plus, find out what I've been listening to this week that is totally going to encourage you. We are so glad to be back season four with a new episode, a new series, and also a new free resource that we've just released called Five Tips to Help You Sing Like You Mean It Today. You can sign up for your free copy at himpartial.com. Yep. So new season, new things. Um, and we love you guys. So we've created this fantastic free resource, if we mm-hmm. say so ourselves. Um, yeah, to help you sing like you mean it. Yep, because that's our goal. We want to take singing um, more seriously today and every day. And we think that this is an area of church life, living as a Christian, that isn't necessarily um, focused on, <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. term. And I mean, if you, a lot of us want to do better at various things and we just don't know how, we don't have anywhere to start. And so, yeah, yeah, we thought we'd give you a few quick and easy ways to kind of get started on that today. And uh, talking of singing like you mean it, let's sing. So today's topic is hymns to help you pray. Um, especially when you're finding it hard, because we all find it hard sometimes. And we actually have two hymns that we're going to look at today because they're both really encouraging in different ways. The first one is called When Cold Our Hearts and Far From Thee, but it's also known as Lord Teach Us How to Pray. So it was written by a guy called John S. B. Monsell, who lived around 1811 to 1875. And he was a pastor and a hymn writer for many of those years. And if you use the tune called Dundee, it goes like this. When cold our hearts and far from thee our wandering spirits stray, and thoughts and lips move heavily, Lord, teach us how to pray. Too vile to venture near thy throne, too poor to turn away. Our only voice, thy spirit's groan, Lord, teach us how to pray. We know not how to seek thy face unless thou lead the way. We have no words unless thy grace, Lord, teach us how to pray. Hear every thought and fond desire we on thine altar lay. And when our souls have caught thy fire, Lord, teach us how to pray. So yeah, the lyrics are, they're really good. And they talk about the very real struggle to pray. Um, I love that it talks about how sometimes we feel our sin very deeply, Mm. which makes it hard to feel like we can approach Christ, even though that's the whole point. You need to approach Christ because of your sin. And if you didn't have it, well, anyway, um, I also like how he talks about how we can't do this ourselves. And I Mm. think often the first step to moving forward is recognizing that we need God's help, um, both to know what to pray and to know how to pray. Mm. And then. Of course, he ends every verse with that plea, Lord, teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we picked this hymn because when we can't pray, this is exactly what we need. Teach us how, Lord. Pray, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just pray and ask him to help you. Um, And it sounds crazy that it's that simple, but it 
kind of is. Um, and the good news is that God does answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. Monet, it reminded me of Psalm 138.3, if you could read that for us. On the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. There you go. Great hymn. Great hymn. If you're feeling just completely depleted and not knowing where to go, you could pick up this hymn and the lyrics are definitely going to uh, encourage you to pray. Yeah, I've used this one in my own prayer life as well. Okay, so that's a really great one. Go sing it. The second hymn we're going to talk about today takes a slightly different perspective. So it was written by the famous hymn writer Isaac Watts, also known as the father of English hymnody because he was one of the very early hymn writers in the UK especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and this hymn is called Give Me the Wings of Faith to Rise. Yes, and if you are new to Hymn Partial or you missed it, we definitely have at least one or two episodes where we talk about Isaac Watts um, in an affectionate way uh, because he's definitely the OG. But yes, this hymn um, is in common meter, so you could really sing it to like an unknown amount of tunes. Uh, but if you sing it to Beatitudo, which I'm totally butchering, it sounds like this. Give me the wings of faith to rise within the veil and see the saints above, how great their joys, how bright their glories be. Once they were mourning here below, their couch was wet with tears. They wrestled hard as we do now, with sins and doubts and fears. We ask them whence their victory came, they with united breath, ascribe their conquest to the Lamb, their triumph to his death. They marked the footsteps that he trod, his zeal inspired their breast, and following their incarnate God, possessed the promised rest. Our glorious leader claims our praise for his own pattern given, while the long cloud of witnesses show the same path to heaven. So this one's lovely because uh, it also encourages us in prayer, encourages us in prayer by looking to the saints that have gone before us and how their testimony reminds us of the faithfulness of God in answering the prayers of his people through the ages, which reminds me of Psalm 50 verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you. And you will honor me. Yep. Um, so both asking for God, asking God for help and looking at his track record of answering throughout history can encourage us when we feel that we can't pray. And just a note, Monet mentioned the tune to the second hymn. The tune to the first hymn that I was singing is called Dundee, um, in case you wanted to look it up. But again, it was common meter, so you can sing it to anything. So these are two very easy hymns to find tunes for and to sing for yourself. And um, to help you see the in practice that, you know, we need to look to God for help and we need to look to his track record of faithfulness to encourage us when we're finding it hard to pray, we have a real story for you which answers the question, how can Christmas inspire us when we're finding it hard to pray? It's story time. 
So today's question of the day is, how can Christmas inspire us when we are finding it hard to pray? Now, maybe you won't be surprised to hear that we're having a bit of fun and play on words. We aren't talking about the holiday celebrated on December 25th, but the Welsh preacher who was born on that day in 1766. Christmas Evans was a fiery preacher of the 18th century who left a great impact on the region for the glory of God. In fact, another Welsh preacher, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, said of Evans that he was, quote, the greatest preacher that the Baptists have ever had in Great Britain. In fairness, Lloyd-Jones was Welsh, so <laughs> he was going to say that regardless, because let's be honest, we've had some other great preachers come from the UK as well. I know, that's what I was going to say. That's really saying something, considering that Great Britain also gave us Spurgeon, so I'm sure some people might go fisticuffs with the doctor on that one. Comment and tell us if you think he was off his rocker to say that about him, <laughs> but, but wait until you hear about his life. So why are we talking about Christmas Evans? Well, I believe he has something to offer us in regards to praying when we find it hard. Let's take a look. So Christmas's father died when he was young, and at the time, his mother sent him to live with his uncle, James Lewis. He lived there for six years, and his uncle was described as cruel and a drunkard. He received no education and could not even read or write. Christmas was a large, formidable person, reported to be about seven feet tall. He was involved in many brawls, and during one of these, he lost his eye, and his eye was sewn shut and treated regularly for pain for the remainder of his life. So I'm sorry that he lost his eye, but I think it's because of his name. I just imagined him to be sort of this chubby, jolly, Santa-looking Welshman. <laughs> um, and when Monet told me this about his eye, I was like, no way. So I looked up pictures of him. And it's so funny because he looks like he's winking in every picture. Yes. And so there are these fantastic pictures. If you just Google Christmas Evans and click on the images, it'll come up. And you'll have these pictures. There's one with him with two other really famous preachers, one on either side. Um, and these guys are very kind of like, we're, we're serious. We're not smiling. We're looking dignified. And then Christmas Evans is in the middle just winking at you. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it is really funny. Um, so, yeah, definitely Google pictures of him. They are entertaining. But he was a good saint. When he was 17, he left his uncle's farm and went to work for a Presbyterian minister where he heard the gospel and was born again. During that time, he learned to read and write and serve in his local church. In 1786, at about 20 years old, he came to Baptist Convictions, right on, and joined a Baptist church. Four years later, he was ordained. He gained a following after preaching at a Baptist Association festival. They needed someone to warm up the crowd, so one of the ministers there suggested why not ask that one-eyed lad from the north? I hear he preaches quite wonderfully. <laughs> um, suffice it to say, the festival attenders were impressed. They were, quote, amazed that the tall, bony, ill-dressed farm youth had such power with words um, and over people. He was the talk of the festival and the newest preaching sensation in Wales. 
So despite this great gifting that he had, Christmas faced many trials, both spiritually and in ministry. His early years of his religious life were times and seasons of great spiritual depression. He thought of himself a mass of ignorance and sin. He desired to preach, but he thought that such words as his must be useless to his hearers. He struggled to reconcile the work of the Holy Spirit in his method of preaching, mainly memorizing, and therefore thought that he was useless to God. He entered every pulpit with dread. He thought that he was such a one that his mere appearance in the pulpit would be quite sufficient to becloud the hearts of his hearers and to intercept the light from heaven. Then it seemed he had no close friend to whom he could talk. He was afraid lest, if he laid bare the secrets of his heart, he should seem to be only a hypocrite. So he had to wrap up the bitter secrets of his soul in his own heart and drink of his bitter cup alone. That's really sad, like that that's the state he was in. It must have been really hard for him. But, you know, I think a lot of us are tempted that way. Like, we're not preachers, but we're kind of like, well, if people just knew that I was a sinner, then they would really judge me and they'd think I was a hypocrite and everything. And, well, you might be a hypocrite, maybe that's your sin. But, you know, like the people of God are all sinners and that's why we need Christ. And so... And we're supposed to help each other be sanctified. And it's kind yeah. of a shame when we feel that we can't share that struggle with other believers. It doesn't have to be every other believer. No. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, yeah, people you're close to. Yeah, I think sometimes we think of isolation mostly as physical, but there can be spiritual isolation when you're struggling mm-hmm. with um, unrepentant sin or repentance sin for which you need counsel and additional prayer. So yeah, that that's definitely uh, something that we could all relate to on one level. And for him, this was just a really tormenting time. He ministered on the island of Anglesey for 20 years until around the time of his first wife passed away, until she passed away. He remarried a few le- years later and moved to Tawny Vellin, Carefilly. Lord help me with these pronunciations. No, you're doing great. Um, he experienced some conflict at, uh, during this move due to jealousy of younger ministers and felt it was time to move. Some of these controversies greatly damaged the work in Anglesey, where he had ministered for 20 years. And this was a time of great struggle for this seasoned preacher. He describes this time as a time when he lost his faith, a time of powerlessness and failure followed. He then describes the Lord visiting him in this time of sorrow. Uh, He kind of pictures it as Jesus visiting Lazarus after he had been dead four days. He said immediately he began to beg that the passion and joy he had in years before might be restored. He says, um, on Carefilly Mountain, the spirit of prayer fell on me as it had once in Anglesey. I wept and cried out and gave myself to Christ. I wept long and begged Jesus Christ, and my heart poured out its request before him on the mountain. Then a period of marvelous blessing followed. It's an incredible story. I'm like, it's so wonderful that God answered him. 
so quickly. Like, the answer doesn't always come immediately for us. Like, sometimes you have to keep just asking God and asking God and asking God and being that persistent widow. But sometimes he does answer immediately, and that's always a wonderful thing too. But he does always answer, so that's, like, the key thing. And to be fair, I think this was after a season of sorrow, a Mm. season of despair, Uh, Sounds like he had a long, hard road. Yeah. It is good to hear that testimony of how God could just flip the switch and pour out his Holy Spirit on you um, in an extra measure, Mm. an extra measure to to give you that joy and that zeal that, as he said here, he once had. So with all of his reputation for uh, being great in the pulpit, Um, and being great evangelistically, Christmas should perhaps be remembered most as a man of prayer. He never worried about the theology or philosophy of prayer. He simply prayed, and God answered. He had three stated times for prayer during the day, and he regularly arose at midnight to seek the face of God. I think that's a key thing, though. Like, often we remember men for, oh, such a fiery preacher, or great evangelist or amazing missionary or whatever but well not whatever you know these are important things but all of this is underpinned by prayer and prayer is a part of our spiritual lives that often goes very unseen Mm -hmm. and is very easy to neglect because it's um it, it can be quite a private thing um yeah yeah but it's, it's good to pray. And if you're struggling to pray, it's good to pray. <laughs> I speak to myself there as well. Like there have been times where like Christmas Evans, I felt like a hypocrite because I've been like, wow, I can pray on command in the prayer meeting. If someone says, Cara, pray for this, I can do it. But like at home, I'm just like, God, like, ugh. Yeah. And at times like that, we just have to, yeah, just have to keep going. So let's have some final thoughts. It's always really helpful, I think, to hear about real people who have the same struggles as us because it reminds us that we're not alone. I think sometimes hearing about people like Christmas Evans, who is this hugely respected preacher, so well known everywhere he went. I mean, he was seven foot tall. He literally head and shoulders above everybody else. And yet he struggled with this too. And Mm. I think that's a huge encouragement, not because I'm glad he struggled, but because I'm glad I'm not the only one who struggles. Um, And the Christian life is a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever met anyone who hasn't specifically had problems with prayer at some point in their spiritual lives. And if they haven't yet, it's because they've not been saved that long. (laughs) That's my theory. (laughs) So I I honestly don't know anyone that's been like, yeah, prayer has never been an issue for me. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it seems like a silly thing to say maybe, but Christmas Evans wasn't wrong. When you're struggling to pray, praying is exactly what you need to do. Um, And sometimes it just takes willpower to be like, okay, I don't feel like if I'm going to do it. And sometimes all we can do is just hang on by our fingernails. And if you don't have your own words, you can always use somebody else's. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got words of other people like the Psalms. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got books like The Valley of Vision, which are a compilation of Puritan prayers on a variety of subjects. Mm-hmm. These can be a big help. Mm-hmm. You've also got Jesus's own words to his disciples, teaching yep. them how to pray. There's a reason why 
this is one of the most memorized verses in the Bible. It's because, look, the Lord is literally teaching us how to pray. And we also have hymns. Oh, do you know what else is good that I sometimes use is if you go to the start of Paul's letters, he always does like, I'm praying yes. this for you. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, that helps me pray for someone. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, use scripture, use the prayers of other people from down through the ages, use the words of hymns, use whatever you have to use to pray, because praying's the thing that's going to help you when you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and music. Yes. Music can be encouraging too. Yes. So the Gettys and the Mats, as in Matt Boswell and Matt Papa, um, recently released a song called I Set My Hope on Jesus, a song for a deconstructing friend. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic when I heard it. Uh, even as someone, I'm not deconstructing. Um, but it's so encouraging anyway. And I think if you're struggling to pray, this is such a helpful song for you too mm-hmm. and next week we will be talking about how important it is to remember why we pray mm-hmm. so it's important to pray but why do we do it mm. we'll talk about that next week so stay tuned until then remember that if you want to grab your free copy of five tips to help you sing like you mean it today head on over to impartial.com and get it now Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.